The Gospel Shaped Home Podcast is a family discipleship resource from Providence Baptist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina that aims to equip you and your family to be on mission with God to the end of the street and the ends of the earth. Welcome back to another episode of Gospel Shaped Home. I'm Andy Owens, and I am joined by a new guest, Leon Tucker. Leon, welcome, man. Thanks, Andy. Good to be here. Yeah, Look glad, forward to it. Glad to have you, brother. So um, the reason that I have uh, asked Leon to join me on here, well, there pro- there's probably multiple reasons, but one of them is uh, I was sitting with a dear brother named Brian Frost, and he was like, you know who's had more influence on my parenting than almost anybody else? Leon Tucker. And uh, and so I said, you know what? He'd be a good guy to get on this podcast. So, but Leon, you have uh, you've been around Providence for a long time and served at Providence in lots of ways. So, uh, for folks who may not know you, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about your family and when you came to Providence, ways you served, what you've been doing lately. Sure. Came to Providence from Hollywood, Florida, back in 1994. So we're here for seven. That's a different millennium. That's a yeah, long time ago. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Seventeen <laughs> years. So came here and did uh, ministry with um, men, women, small groups, singles. Those were the focus areas. Yeah. You were and, a discipleship pastor here yes. for mm-hmm. a long time. <clears throat> yeah, and then uh, then expanded more of the role. So then took uh, leadership with uh, overseeing the children, then the students, then the college, and so when it done. I just had all the discipleship uh, responsibilities. And then we uh, were asked by the elders to give consideration to help plan a church. And uh, so that's what we felt the Lord was calling us to do. So that um, that was my connection here. Retired uh, over a year ago and uh, started uh, 501c3, you know, nonprofit counseling coaching mm-hmm. ministry called the Art of Family Living. And so I have an office here back at, um, at Providence, and so that's what we're up to right now. And as a part of that, we do the men's retreat at the Cove, which is outside the counseling room, but uh, we started that uh, 27 years ago. And in fact, we just finished doing it this past week. Yeah, the, so. they were recording. He's fresh back uh, right. recently from the that's Cove. Right. So, Okay, and you and Renee have been married how long? Well, M- Renee and I got married in college, and this November will be 48 years. Wow, you're only like 52 years old. You guys that's right. Young. Yeah. It's a marriage. Okay. Amazing. Um, praise the Lord. And you guys have some kids, some yeah. grandkids, yep. right? Started. We started dating in high school, uh, then got married in college, and then after we graduated, uh, another three years. We had our first son Ryan, who's uh, forty-two now, and then Kyle. I don't know if they're okay with you telling yeah. their ages yeah. like this. <laughs> Kyle's uh, Kyle's forty, and Eric is thirty-eight, and um, the oldest son has uh, two sons and a daughter. Little son has two sons and a daughter. Then Eric has a daughter, a son, and Olivia is getting ready to give birth to. Uh, Audrey Jane, uh, about middle of April. So mm. that'll be the ninth, ninth grandchild. grandchild. Praise the Lord. So it's sweet. Yeah. And uh, do you, is there actually a Tucker-like compound? I've heard that um, the neighborhood that I actually live in is, yes. is, is been referred to as the Tucker compound. Yes. We have, uh, you know, Kyle lives one block from us and uh-huh. then 
Ryan lives two blocks. We we were going to have Eric get into the compound, but um, the Lord had another plan, so he's about six miles away. Yeah, you got to drive like so, 10 minutes to get to his house. Yeah, that's right. Well, so, what a gift, man, to have your family gift. so close. So. It's nice when the, the boys come uh, knock on the door and say, hey, Grandpa, you want to shoot some baskets? Yeah, it's nice. So the, uh, I did just ask Lee on this before we started recording, but you uh, I, I, you wear an NC State ring. You love NC State athletics, NC State athletics, but you graduated from another school. Yes. What's, what's the deal? Yes. Well, I uh, went to Florida Bible College, uh, did an undergraduate degree there, and then helped plant a church up in Pennsylvania. Then came back, graduated from Palm Beach Atlantic, and then went out to Southwestern Seminary and went through a couple of programs there. All of that in prep to plant churches. And so uh, we've been involved in, in a few of those. And Capital Community Church was the last church that we were involved in. That's the church that I retired here from yeah. here in Raleigh. Yeah. And so, but NC State, like, did it just, did, yeah. how, how well, did, did the, the Wolfpack win your heart? Do you know what? It, um, it started with Ryan and Ryan didn't want to go anywhere but NC State. So he applied there, got in. And a uh, funny story, when I first came here, I was doing a lot of speaking for FCA and John Lotz over at UNC. And every time I would do it, I'd do it in the spring and do it in the fall. He'd give me all this Carolina. Swag. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, apparel. that's a new word for so yeah, when, yeah, sure. When Ryan uh, was in his his freshman year at Christmas, he gave me a little box. It looked like a wallet. I opened it up, and it said, uh, "Merry Christmas, Dad. Good for one NC State." sweatshirt maybe this will get your life headed in the right direction mm. and so after that i didn't i didn't wear any more unc uh, apparel so and I, then I, kyle went there okay. uh, played golf there and then eric nice. went there and then after two years transferred up to liberty that's where he um, finished up yeah finished up okay i just displayed my own lack of of uh current uh, of being up to date on the, the current lingo, because I think there's a newer word for swag. Now yeah. it's called merch, apparently. Ah, I heard that from student ministry. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah. well, brother, again, glad you're here. Thankful Good to be here uh, for the Lord's grace in your life. And um, let's just let's dive in for a little bit sure. to think about, you mentioned earlier that parents face a dilemma yeah. in their kind of model of parenting. What, what do you mean? Well, it, just in my exposure to ministering to family over these last 40 years at all different uh, ages and seasons of life, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's amazing to see how many parents, Christians is where I have most of my influence through the family of faith, um, even with the Christians that just have really lost the the skill or the art for parenting, and it's uh, it's amazing to see how it's happened. The cultural pressures, how the norms have changed, and just not being really taught how to parent in today's today's world. And this has gone on for four years, and as a result of it, man, the the parenting sphere is just all over the place. And it's, it's so sad because, you know, they, the Christian parents, they want to do it right. They, they feel at times that they're following the model that's been laid out to them. But then when they get exposed to some of the issues and I come counsel with them, I hear their kind of quasi philosophy of parenting to even just if they say, aren't aware that's what it is. Yes. Yeah. For them to say, you know, for them to tell me and just to say, man, 
are off base. I mean, it's, it's a sad thing. And uh, the scripture warns us about that. You know, it, it's said to be careful how we parent. In Ephesians 6, it says, you know, the parents don't want to inflame their kids to rage. And one of the ways that we do that is when we try to do our responsibility, but don't do it in the right way. Well, then that uh, stirs up anger and the spirit of God stirs up anger in the kids. They may not realize that's what's happening to say, man, this isn't right, you know? And so the parents feel frustrated because they're trying to do the right thing. They just may be doing it the wrong way. And so that's, that's part of the dilemma. And that some of the voices that are out there, especially in culture, I mean, the cultural voice, what we would say cultural wisdom or, you know, what we'd say, know, pagan wisdom that have no that reference to a not God. from above, but exactly, it's yeah. spiritual, demonic. And James, yeah, James 3 there, where it says you've got earthly wisdom right. or heavenly wisdom. Right. And the earthly wisdom, it says it always ends in, in chaos, chaos and turmoil. And, yeah. and only doing it in a, in a biblical manner <clears throat> is where you have the blessing of God, the work of God. And so you want to know the truth of God. You want by his spirit to give you you know, depth of insight and understanding to that truth, yeah. and then the wisdom to put it into play in any given situation. So you've got to have the truth as your reference point, and then you've really got to seek the Lord to help you understand it from a biblical mindset. And then at those moments of choice or dilemma, uh, to know how do I respond in this particular case. Yeah. And so that's, uh, that's where a lot of parents, they're missing that process of understanding their roles and knowing even how to, to bring biblical answers in yeah. the midst of the, uh, you know, the dilemma or the turmoil. Yeah. Well, even just as you were saying that, I, th- I thought like, you know, a distillation of a lot of what you just said is that God's word has a lot to say about how we parent, and we should let God's word shape our understanding of that task and of the role. And uh, but not just in a like, hey, let me go get all the knowledge and and get it figured out. But in a as I face today's challenge, to be sensitive to His leading through That's the word and and uh, by His Spirit yeah. to apply it with wisdom. So, um, okay, you have a, a phrase you love to use, right? Uh, relational model, uh, a model of relational living. That's kind of how you like to present your vision of, of family life and parenting. What do you mean by that? Well, when you, when you look at the scripture, the scripture is a relational book from start to finish. Mm-hmm. When they came to Jesus and said, hey, what's the most important commandment? He said, first one, love God, enjoy him now and forever. And the second commandment is like unto it, to love one another now and forever. You know, sin caused a dilemma, but God showed us how he behaves in the midst of wrong choices instead of just letting us go, though he's the ultimate authority to hold us accountable. No, he came after us to win our love and friendship again. So he wants us to live in this relational framework in everything that we do. So uh, that's where when we look at all of our relationships and responsibilities, it has to be looked at through this relational lens that also has a truth lens. So you've got the lens of truth, the lens of love. God is truth. 
God is love. So how do we take care of all of our relationships and responsibilities through that lens of what does the truth say and how does love teach that truth? In Ephesians 4, we want to speak the truth in love. love. And so it's speaking not just verbally, but speaking as we model it, which is one of the key roles of the parent or any of us as we're living out as representatives of Christ. Yeah. Exactly. You know, we, and we have a family discipleship pathway here. We're trying to kind of trying to communicate some of these same things to families of Providence. And, you know, we, we talk about the importance of time uh, when it comes to pointing our kids to Christ that we have to guard and invest time because relationships take time. Like you can't, minister to someone else. Discipleship is not, and, and so when I say discipleship right now, I mean parenting as a Christian, right? Uh, trying to point our kids to Christ and see Christ formed in them, see them, see his worth and pursue his kingdom, right? You, it's not just communication of information. It is investing ourselves into right. them, it's pouring our own lives into them. And it just, it requires this kind of ever-increasing um, kind of capacity for communication and relationship. So absolutely, and that's see that that is so that is so key because you know when you go back to Deuteronomy six, you know where you've got man the word from God, the Shema of God, and Here, it says, oh, Israel, "Hey, hero Israel, the Lord, Lord your Lord God, God is one. one." So we want to. Love him. We want to embrace his values so that we then can put them into practice in our everyday life and then to be able to pass them on to our children. And it says that. That is our responsibility. And in Hebrews 12, where it's talking about what God is doing to us as his children, he is our model. And he tells us in Ephesians 5, you know, hey, imitate him, live a life of love. So, As beloved children, actually, in Ephesians 5. Exactly. So the model is God himself. And so... Hebrews 12, you were... uh, Hebrews 12, yeah. He's He's our model. So then he sees how does he do it. And he talks in that passage there that he wants to be our... Padea. He wants to be our teacher, our coach. And when wrong happens, he's coming after us to hold us accountable. And that word padea means to shape, inspire, to to hold accountable, to teach, all train, of that. To, train. Yeah, discipline. It's, it's like, yeah. And the idea, he says, if you'll participate with me, it'll produce a harvest of righteousness. If you don't, then I have to hold you accountable. And he said that he will hold us accountable by means, one of the words he used there is to, may have to whip us or spank us. Now, how that happens in in the God context, you can see kind of how we've done it in the past. But the idea is that he, he wants to walk with us and live among us so that he is there to show us every step of the way. So when you know that that's what he's doing and he starts that to instruct us back in Deuteronomy 6, where he says, for us as parents to perpetuate this in the family setting, which is the first institution that God put into place Mm. in the garden, husband, wife, children, he gives the guidelines and he says, look, I want you 
to teach your kids as you walk in the way, as you lay down at night, as you rise in the morning. We want to let the Word of God affect everything that we think about, everything that we engage with our hands, what we do out in the marketplace, everything that goes on in our homes. So the idea is the Word of God and God himself guiding us is supposed to shape everything that we do. And the parent's role is to teach that in that reality setting. And as you, you mean, go through say reality setting, that's you mean everyday like life, every, uh, yeah. yeah, everyday life, every day. I mean, school, getting along with your siblings, getting along with your mom and dad, getting along with your, um, the people at school, your teachers, everything, the workplace, all of that to where they're starting to see everything through this God lens of truth and love relational. And, uh, in that Deuteronomy six pad verse, I think it's 24 and 25, it says your survival depends on it as a culture because if we're not doing it God's way then there's a consequence to these bad choices and that is sin and sin causes fragmentation and all so he's he's out there wanting to guide us in it so that you know we're we're able to see the maturation process take place as God would intend it so we get our children to a place where when they leave our home, man, they've, they've embraced God's values. They understand how to make their choices. They understand how to walk with God from a biblical standpoint and to be influencers in our culture because they've done it with their parents and then with their family of faith to reinforce that. The second institution that God, you know, uh, instituted, which is the, the family of faith, the community of faith. So that for me, is this relational thing. It's, it's supposed to permeate everything that we do, and the parents are the key uh, leaders and models in that. Yeah. And we know this, Andy, in the, the studies that we've done, most, most kids don't like the model that their parents hold out. And even Christian parents. You mean parents. like their parents' example. They don't feel like it exactly. matches. Okay. It's where it's almost like you say one thing, but you do another, even sure. when they're trying to do it right. Yeah. And so uh, that's, a, that's a dilemma. And so that's where we want to help the parents understand, hey, what is the biblical model, this relational model? And then when we partner with God, we got the power of God to be at work with us to help shape our children's thinking from a biblical standpoint. So that way it's not just the parents are out there trying to, to do it and they got to do it on their own. No, God is there to work in their kids' hearts, to convict them of the truth, to, to really convince them of the truth, and then to, to help shape them by the truth as it's all reinforced by the parents and the family faith that they're exposed to. Yeah, that's good. That's so good. When you, um, you know, you were referencing Hebrews 12 earlier and just seeing there that it's, you know, uh, every son he loves, he disciplines. Like seeing that love and discipline, uh, not only are they not mutually exclusive, they are intimately connected, right? He disciplines us because he loves us Mm -hmm. so that we might be partakers of his holiness, so that it might bear this, this harvest of righteousness 
in our lives. When we, when we talk about that particular passage and we talk about that word discipline, most people associate it with, with punishment, you know, with correction. But the word is padea, which means it's the whole effort of training. It's to inspire, to cheer Proactive on, and to, corrective. Hold, to, it's, to yeah. teach them, to hold them accountable. It's like a coach. So as, as the coach is helping you, man, he's out there to inspire you and help you sharpen your skills. And when you make a bad play or you don't understand, he's there to hold you accountable and not to, not to punish you, but to train you, to help you what God is doing. Doing is out. He took our punishment in Christ. He's out there trying to help us remember what the truth is, and there's a consequence when you when you break the truth. So that's what he's up there doing. He yeah. he's got a dream for us. He wants to fulfill it, and our kids need to know that. And he wants to help execute, and he's got the power to do it. So what you said there, there's the relational context. Because he loves us, he's going to train, shape, and yeah. bless us. There's a you know thinking about that word, and and I've I've tried to help parents see in certain contexts, like in a seminar that I've led and stuff that. Um, you know, this idea of, of paideia uh, and the verb paiduo in, in Greek, like it, it has this kind of proactive and corrective Absolutely. aspects to it. it it's, it's often paired with uh, uh, admonishing or mm-hmm. nurturing, which also has uh, po- proactive and corrective elements. And um, this is obviously, it's not the source, it's more of an illustration, but when we lived in Turkey and I was learning the, the Turkish for the translation of these words, um, I was so shocked when I, I learned that the same word in Turkish translates training an animal, right, it's, and disciplining a child and marinating meat. Mm-hmm. like. And I thought about it, I'm like, why in the world, like, you're disciplining your chicken before you grill it? Like, you're, but, but the, the thing is, like, it sits in those seasonings. It's flavoring them. It's, it's influencing the, that meat. It's going to shape its future taste, just like patient, loving discipline of our children or, or these less personal, less relational um, investments in a dog is going to make it more obedient or shape its future, you know, um, behavior. Yeah. Uh, just seeing like, huh, there is a kind of a logical connection. And, and But I, I did think it was really funny that we had, we're, we're eating disciplined chicken tonight, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah. The but, thing, the, the, whole, I, the whole idea there is purposeful. It's purposeful behavior. Yeah, and there's a goal the kids, at the end yeah, of it. And if the here's the thing, if the kids understand really what are we doing, we're there to help and partner with God to fulfill his dream for them. And so we've got to be out there encouraging them, cheering them on as we're doing it in a loving way, filling their love tank so they know that, man, we've got their best interests at heart. God's got their best interest at heart. So, man, it, will you partner with us? Man, when I was learning how to play football, I played quarterback, and, man, I, I wanted my coach to help me be the best quarterback that I could be. How do I throw a tight spiral? How do I read defenses? All of this stuff. So, man, you want to partner with him. If he, as the coach, is out there to train you, inspire you, and chill you, cheer you on, hold you accountable when you make a bad place so you can learn from it, and, man, I am embrace that. And our parents 
you know, that's where we want to encourage them and explain where you're going so that the kids want to partner with you. But you've got to make sure you're following the biblical model because if you're not, then you're going to be pushing them away. And that's exactly what it says in that Ephesians 6. six four, you you, you yeah. inspire them to rage rather than partnership. Yeah. No, that's good. Thank you, brother. This is really helpful. And uh, we'll continue this conversation uh, in future episodes. We'll, uh, we'll pick back up on some of these things. Uh, but grateful for you. Thanks for joining that's good today. Good to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. And I uh, appreciate you, our listeners, joining. Hope this has been an encouragement to you to, um, to let your, your parenting be marked by uh, the love of God for you in Christ, to let that shape your love for your kids and the way you relate to them. So um, thank you for joining and uh, hope to see you on the next episode. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gospel Shaped Home Podcast produced by Providence Baptist Church of Raleigh, North Carolina. For more information and resources from Providence, visit us online at pray.org. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts.